Hi, this is Commissioner David D'Archangelo, and welcome to Career Views, a podcast of the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind. This is Naara Caraballo for Career Views, a podcast of the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind, or MCB. And I am excited to be here today with Bill Hirsch, a low vision therapist and assistive technology specialist for MCB. And in this episode, we will be talking about worksite assessments. Welcome, Bill. Hi. So to start, please tell us a little bit about the work you do for MCB. Uh, So I am an assistive technology specialist and a low vision uh, therapist, and my role is to help people accomplish the goals uh, that they've set for themselves by providing technology and low vision devices to redress the barriers experienced due to uh, vision loss. Uh, As an assistive technology specialist, I evaluate people for uh, tools that are technology-based, things that would be used with computers or other digital devices, and I evaluate for them, deploy uh, hardware and software, and train people to use uh, those devices. Um, I train them to use the devices uh, independently, uh, with the goal being to integrate uh, all of the tools in their toolkit to complete the tasks that they've, uh, that they've decided that they want to do. As a low vision therapist, I evaluate people who have some residual vision. I would say probably 80% of the people I work with who are legally blind have some usable vision. And as a low vision therapist, my role is to evaluate uh, things like their visual acuities and contrast sensitivity, their visual field, um, those kinds of things and determine if there is a sufficient amount of those um, facilities remaining to be useful to them uh, to complete the task or the goals that they've selected. Some of the devices that I might recommend would be things like magnifiers. Uh, Those could be handheld or video magnifiers, digital magnifiers. Um, Wearable kinds of devices, which could be digital. Uh, but can also be optical, like TV viewers, um, or standalone kinds of things that you might pick up, like a telescope, and also modifications to uh, a computer. So it would be things like software and hardware, adjusting the display, um, changing keyboards to have a keyboard with large print letters or maybe high contrast letters, uh, different kinds of a mouse, filters, which are uh, tinted glasses, and adjusting lighting. Great, so now I wanna ask you, why is lighting in the workplace so important for individuals who are visually impaired? So one of the things that I look for when I observe someone at work is the tension around their eyes or just generally in their face. Um, You know, are they squinting? Are they turning away from the screen of a computer? Are they rubbing their eyes? Are they complaining of headaches and fatigue? Those are all indications that lighting might need to be adjusted because it tells me that the person is uncomfortable and uh, it's affecting their ability to work. So that's often the first clue. Uh, Of course, during a functional low vision evaluation, I might discover 
that a person's acuity, um, the ability to see fine detail, is increased by a line or more simply by adding light. And it's also uh, can be a mobility concern. For example, there might be a stairway or a hallway that's too dark, or maybe it's low contrast, or maybe the person's trying to access files in a file cabinet and there are no lights there that, uh, to help them to see. So those kinds of things. Proper lighting can increase contrast and acuity, and it can also address the discomfort which sometimes can uh, be actual pain, and also the fatigue associated with excessive glare due to improper lighting. So proper lighting can lead to increased acuity, efficiency, and capacity, um, you know, better functionality and comfort, and increased safety uh, traveling around a worksite. So low vision is defined as uncorrectable vision loss that interferes with daily activities. And so you don't have enough vision to do what you need to do. And most eye care professionals prefer the term low vision. It describes a permanently reduced vision that can't be corrected with regular glasses or contact lenses, medicine, or even surgery. And so among the characteristics of vision, that are reduced or lost due to the most commonly encountered conditions that lead to low vision is a loss of something we call contrast sensitivity and an increased sensitivity to glare and to lighting. So think of uh, conditions like cataracts or glaucoma or macular degeneration, diabetic retinopathy, just to name a few. Cataracts is something we can easily relate to through a comparison um, for those who drive in New England in the wintertime when your windshield gets frosted, um, if you are driving and you hit light, you suddenly can't see out the window at all. You can't see anything. But as soon as you go somewhere where the light is blocked or it's a little shaded, you can once again see through your windshield. So that's a direct experience that you know everyone can have who drives of what it's like to be blinded by glare. Um, by addressing the needs, uh, the lighting needs of an individual with low vision, we can sometimes improve their visual efficiency, um, their capacity, their functionality, and their comfort. And just as two examples, um, I work with a client who has glaucoma and macular degeneration, sort of a double whammy because one cuts off your peripheral vision and the other, your central vision. But both are very sensitive to light, but in different ways. One wants more light and one wants less light. And so for this particular consumer, what we did was we provided um, a program that allowed him to manipulate the colors and contrast and brightness of the display on the computer, um, additional lighting, filters, which helped to block out the glare. And he himself, he had a, a wide brimmed hat that he wore. And with that combination of adjustments to his lighting, uh, the lighting there, in this case, being the display on his computer, he was able to perform his uh, job and the tasks that he needed to do. Uh, another client who's a, a woman with just extreme light sensitivity and was developing headaches and fatigue and was unable to work 
um, for more than a few hours without taking a break. And so for her, what we did was we removed the overhead fluorescent lights, brought in some incandescent lights of a rosier, yellower, softer color, um, some of it direct task lighting, and also provided some filters. And with those modifications, she was able to continue to work and she was able to work for longer hours um, with uh, much less discomfort. Great, loved the examples. They really help us to you know, understand more um, about what you do generally. Um, so now I would love for you to talk about what is a worksite assessment and for you to walk me through the steps. So after a functional low vision evaluation, uh, an assessment of the worksite can and should include an assessment of lighting. And it involves looking at the value of adjusting ambient and direct task lighting and the impact of filters uh, on the factors that we just talked about, contrast, acuity, efficiency, capacity, functionality, comfort. So there's a balance between ambient light and task light. It's highly subjective to get it to the right balance, uh, but it's something that people who are not, people without vision impairments um, are also sensitive to. So in general, I like to start with a slightly lower ambient light than the direct task light, uh, and then I tweak from there. Um, it's best if the lights are adjustable. The adjuster is actually called a rheostat, but it allows you to increase and decrease the intensity of the light as you need to. It makes it much easier to, to get to the right level of adjustment. There's a lot of literature out there on the types of bulbs, and I'm asked all the time, what kind of lamp should I get? What kind of bulb should I get? And depending upon who you talk to and what you read, um, some sources will be highly opinionated that full spectrum lighting is the best or blue cool lighting is the best or a certain type of task light is the best. But in the some 27 years or so that I've been doing this, um, I've found that it is so highly subjective that the best thing really to do is sort of trial and error. Um, you can sort of guess a little bit be, you know, from someone's condition, uh, what they might like if they're going to want inten an intense light or a soft light, but there's really no way to know until you try it. So I will try different types of bulbs and again with a rheostat, adjusting the intensity of the light. Filters are tinted lenses. They can be worn over a prescription or they can be added to the lens when the prescription is filled. And filters come with different kinds of opacities. That's how much they block the light and many different colors to choose from. Um, but this is also highly subjective. Again, there's a lot of literature out there. There's some really good webinars online um, that, that deal with this subject specifically. And uh, there are some very opinionated uh, sources that will recommend only certain colors for certain tasks. But I usually start with a yellow or amber filter with a high transparency, um, that is, opacities that allow a lot of light through for indoor use. 
and then I tweak it from there. Um, some of the colors block, you know, the filter colors will block out certain light colors so that you don't see natural colors anymore. And that may impact your choice of a filter if the person's job depends upon them being able to detect certain colors. Uh, you may only be able to use certain filters. But filters can be uh, very valuable. They also block glare. Uh, wearing a cap with a brim is also helpful for many eye conditions because glare from lighting typically comes from above. And so uh, the wide brim or the brim of a baseball cap will block that out. And this is so easy to demonstrate for yourself. Uh, we all do it if we're outside and it's sunny and we need to see something. We take our hand and cup it sort of and put it up to our uh, forehead covering our eyes so that we can see. But if you try that in an indoor setting, like in a store where there are these very glary overhead fluorescent lights, you'll notice right away that there's a certain level of comfort that just blocking that light, um, you know, it relieves that, that discomfort. Um, where digital devices are concerned, those would be things like computers, phones, tablets, video magnifiers. Um, the display can also be a factor, and that is lighting. The display is a backlit lighting. So it's something that we consider in uh, worksite assessment. And the things that we would adjust would be the brightness, the contrast, uh, and screen glare. So uh, the brightness and contrast, sometimes there are native utilities that do that. Sometimes we add software to do that. Screen glare may be a question of a different kind of monitor. Uh, it may be a question of blocking, like putting a piece of cardboard, something that simple, uh, around the edges of the monitor so that uh, light doesn't bounce off it anymore. Um, but in summary, there's a blend of lighting arrangement, intensity, filters, uh, adjustment to the display on digital devices, um, utilizing simple things to block light, such as the brimmed hat or the shade around a monitor. And they are all evaluated together under the umbrella of lighting. And there's a gestalt, which is um, of all of those things coming together in the right way so that the person uh, is the most efficient and has the greatest degree of comfort. Great. Um, so now I want to ask you, how do I get or perform my own worksite assessment and why is it important? So worksite assessments are available uh, through the Commission for the Blind for consumers of commission services um, just as part of a routine low vision or technology evaluation for someone who is working. So you just request a worksite evaluation or a lighting evaluation. And it may be something that becomes apparent to me when I'm doing a functional low vision assessment that a person is particularly sensitive to light. And I may suggest that we do a worksite assessment for lighting. Um, if you're doing, well, what I would do when I do the worksite assessment is I come into the workplace and observe you working and observe the environment that you're working in. And if there are some changes that can be made right then, I do it. If not, I sort of work off that observation 
to develop a plan and then return on a second follow-up visit to make some changes. And that may mean bringing some lighting with me or some filters with me. It may mean requesting your employer uh, for permission to turn off overhead lights or to remove fluorescent lights um, or to adjust monitor uh, frequencies, which if they're in uh, out of sync with the fluorescent lights can give a sort of a flickering appearance. Um, but if you're doing the evaluation yourself, then you want to pay particular attention to those aspects that seem to be affecting your acuity or your efficiency or your capacity and functionality or just causing you discomfort. Um, the caveat, I think, with doing it yourself is that you may be unaware of all of the different factors that can play into the barriers that you're experiencing or the discomfort that you're experiencing. But it certainly makes sense just to try. Um, most people are motivated first by the discomfort, and then they realize that the, you know, the fatigue and the inefficiency and the fact that they can only work for an hour, it's all related to that, to that lighting or to that discomfort. Um, it's a lot of trial and error. So I would encourage you to experiment and to be a detective and to try turning lights on and off, try adjusting them, uh, you know, experiment with different kinds of filters. And absolutely, I would recommend that you uh, ask for assistance and that you ask the commission um, to send somebody out to help with that worksite assessment. And the reason it's important is because uh, it, it's about your ability to achieve your goals, uh, to do your work in the most efficient way with the greatest amount of functionality, with the greatest amount of comfort. Thank you, Bill, for sharing such great information with us. I want to ask you, is there anything you want to add before we conclude this episode? Um, the only thing I might add is um, that lighting is often overlooked. Um, and it's overlooked because people don't realize the impact it has on their vision unless they're experiencing pain. Pain is usually the first trigger that makes someone want to ask for help. But because lighting can have subtle impact on other aspects without necessarily causing great discomfort, it's something that's worth looking at just as part of a functional low vision evaluation or just as part of any kind of a worksite evaluation. Worksite evaluations are not just about lighting. Um, it's other things too, it would be ergonomics and um, your technology. And so there are many other reasons why we would come out and do a worksite evaluation. But lighting is often overlooked and it's one of the easiest and least expensive um, factors that can be addressed um, in the worksite. Great. Thank you, Bill. You're very welcome. Next up, 
MCB Career Views Commissioner's Corner with Commissioner David Darkangela. Welcome to the MCB Career Views Commissioner's Corner. I'm Suzanne Morris and I'm here with MCB Commissioner David Darkangela. Great to be back again, Suzanne. Great having you on. So today's episode was about lighting and workplace uh, assessments and featured MCB's Bill Hirsch. Um, I thought it was really interesting because at the end, he makes the point that lighting is one of the most overlooked but easiest ways to address worksite issues, worksite needs for low vision employees. So what do you think both employers and consumers need to know about worksite assessments in general and lighting changes in specific? Yeah, a couple of takeaways there is one, oftentimes the employers think that they have to do everything themselves. So if you're an employer and you're considering one of our consumers, know that we will come out, our specialists will come out, work with your team, work with the consumer to make sure that everybody has what they need to be successful. And oftentimes these accommodations, they cost little to no money. It's really just kind of repositioning things or rethinking things or uh, you know, using something that's going to work for every particular case because everybody's vision is different. So I think that's the first thing is letting the employers know that they don't have to bear the burden. We are there to be able to support them, to, to provide the device, to tweak the device and position the device and work with their team uh, to be able to make that happen. So I think that's the first thing. The second thing, though, is is related to the employee, to let the employee know, hey, don't be concerned about approaching your employer, work with us. We will work with you to get the dialogue going so you can get these reasonable accommodations because really that's what they are. We're talking about accommodating employees so that they can keep their productivity high. And it oftentimes simple fixes can do it. So whether it's uh, adjusting the lighting or changing out your keyboard to a higher contrast keyboard or adjusting the the computers so that uh, the mouse appears larger or the toggle appears larger. There's a lot of things we can do that are low or no cost, both to the employee and the employer, but we can't address it unless we know about it. So let's get the communication going with the employee, with the employer, and oftentimes we can make these adjustments. Yeah, Bill provided a couple of um, interesting examples and he talked about how one uh, one client or one consumer that worked with you folks, the you know the issues were solved by him that person wearing a wide brim hat, and another you know was just switching out fluorescent lights for incandescent lights. I mean, so there are some simple solutions here that can be really helpful, um, both as he said to address discomfort issues, but in you know indirectly that helps productivity, etc. Absolutely. And we have the expertise to know what color temperatures tend to work better and what luminosity tends to work better. And, you know, oftentimes there's glare issues or there's eye strain issues, depending upon the particular uh, visual impairment that the person has. We have developed the institutional knowledge to be able to know what to look for and, and know what to, how to diagnose the situation really to get them the things that they need to be most successful. And again, I think there's a little bit of a misnomer out there where people think like, well, wait a minute, you're, you're with the Commission for the Blind, so how can you even see at all? And it's like, well, wait a minute, most of our people 
have usable vision. You know, I'm legally blind. I still have significant usable vision. And so there's a little bit of uh, breaking down barriers there and, and getting people to understand that uh, just because you're legally blind doesn't mean you can't see at all. Most of our consumers do have usable vision. So uh, there's part of that too. But again, it's really going case by case and working in trial and error and working through it to make sure that people have what they need to be successful and stay productive because they can be with a lot of these simple solutions. Yes, I think uh, Bill makes that point very well. Commissioner D'Arcangelo, thank you for uh, joining us again today. Always great to be back with you, Suzanne. Thank you for joining us on Career Views, a podcast of the Massachusetts Commission for the Blind.